Welcome to the audio podcast of Dwell in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Bible readings and devotional commentary to help you grow in faith by dwelling in God's Holy Word. Welcome to Dwell in the Word. Today is July 15th. It is Friday, and we are once again in Piercing Heaven. Another prayer from Philip Doddridge. This says it is prayers of the Puritans, but I'm starting to think this probably... Prayers of Philip Doddridge and a few other guys. But anyway, love this book so far. Let's do another prayer from Philip Doddridge. Light up, O Lord, a brighter and stronger flame in the lamps of your sanctuary. Send your arrows of your quiver deep into our conscience. Clothe your priests with salvation that your saints may shout aloud for joy. Anoint them with your Holy Spirit that the aroma of your grace may spread throughout all your tabernacles like fragrant oil poured on the head of Aaron. Lead us, O Lord, in the way everlasting. Make us resemble our great Master more and more as we show grace to others. Sanctify our hearts by your grace that we may be as trees bearing good fruit or like fountains of pure streams that is the path to lay up good treasure. It is the way for holiness and compassion to spring forth in freedom, to refresh and give life to everyone around us. May your grace animate our souls, Lord. May nothing stand in the way of faithfulness even to death or deprive us of the crown of life your grace has promised. Send forth laborers into your harvest and energize them in their work. Give us a deeper sense of that horrible condemnation due to those who despise their divine master and his heavenly father in whose name he was sent. Preserve us from that kind of guilt and ruin, God. Your kingdom has come to us and its privileges. May we never abuse them and be cast down to hell, but may divine grace open our hearts to the gospel. May we receive all those who faithfully proclaim your word and welcome them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, we are in chapter 5 of Isaiah. We're going to read from verse 1 through verse verse 7 today. Hear the word of the Lord. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it out of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it, and he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste, it shall not be pruned or hoed, and briars and thorns shall grow up. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. And he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed for righteousness, but behold, an outcry. And so we see this theme continuing in what we have seen in the book of Isaiah so far. This idea that God is not happy with the way the people of of Judah have been living, that they have not been doing justice, that they have been living in sin and rejecting him. And so now we are getting an illustration and God is using through the prophet Isaiah this idea of a vineyard. So we see here that They're speaking of this vineyard that his beloved has, a vineyard on a very fertile hill. Now that, that's important. The vineyard is not some place where the ground is bad. It is a fertile hill. 
And then we see in verse 2 even more uh, information about where this vineyard is. He dug it and cleared it of stones. Okay, so things are being taken care of. This is being manicured. It's being taken care of, right? This is a good place to plant. Not only that, but it was planted with choice vines. Uh, they didn't find some grapes off somewhere and say, hey, let's put whatever this is. No, choice vines were chosen. He built a watchtower in the midst of it. It's being protected from people who would come in from uh, animals that might come and take the, the grapes from the vines. Everything is, you know, being done well and, and it is, it should be a good vineyard. Uh, so much so that the owner of this vineyard even hewed out a wine vat in it. It's a, he is expecting it to bear fruit. And we see that here in this next sentence. And he looked for it to yield grapes. This is the expectation. Fertile land. Everything is dug out and the stones are cleared. We're keeping the uh, people or people and animals that might uh, take from it away. This is going to be a great place to grow these grapes and to um, have the wine vat overflow, right? That would be the expectation. But instead, it yielded wild grapes. In other words, they weren't any good. And so we see in verse verse 4 here, I haven't highlighted it. If you're watching a video, I, I missed it. Uh, but what more was there to do for my vineyard that I haven't done for it? What else could he have possibly done than these things? For land, protecting it, uh, choice vines, what else could have been done? And it says, when I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And so, what is going to happen? God says that he is going to remove its hedge and it shall be devoured. The wall will be broken down. It'll be trampled down. He'll make it a waste. It's not going to be taken care of. It's not going to be manicured anymore. Briars and thorns are going to grow up and no rain. In other words, it's being given up on. It is, if it's not going to bear fruit, why should it not be torn down? Now, that does not say that it not, will not be built back up. We see that, and we've seen that already in the book of Isaiah, but we're going to see that theme that, that something will come back here from Judah. But we get the idea here that if it's not going to bear, bear fruit, why are we doing these things? Why are we caring for it? it? It needs to be torn down. And then later on, as we will see, it's going to be built back up. And for we, and we see here in verse seven, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. And he looked for justice, but behold bloodshed for righteousness, but behold an outcry. In other words, God was looking for justice, but instead injustice was done. Uh, he was looking for righteousness, but instead people are crying out that there is no righteousness. And so the people of God are going to be torn down. They're going to be trampled upon. The idea is, is that judgment is coming. And eventually, we will see that something new is going to come. Now, for us, we understand this passage. And this is a harsh pack, harsh pack passage. It's, it's difficult to actually read this and, and stop here in verse 7. We, we want the resolution. We want to go beyond the resolution or the, the problem here. We want a resolution, a positive resolution to happen. And so as we read this and as we're, we're sort of struck by the, the intense nature of this call to judgment, it's important that we remember that we have been torn down. We, we have had our sin 
it has been an issue. We have been broken and we have called out to Christ and he has come and he has built something new in us. In our sin and in our unbelief, we were like this vineyard that wasn't bearing fruit. But we know the end of this story. We know that in Christ, we are new creations, that something new has come there. And so when we see these calls for judgment, we need to be convicted of our sin. But we also need to have that assurance that because we are in Christ, we have been forgiven. We have newness of life and we do, in fact, bear good fruit. So may we stay close to our vine, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might bear that good fruit that brings glory to his holy name. Let's close up with a word of prayer. Merciful God, we desire to bear fruit and bring glory to your name. We pray that you would water us with your word, that we might grow, and that your work might be evident in our lives to those around us. Grant that we would be your witnesses in word and deed as we step out into your world today. And we pray for your church. You have called out a people for yourself that is not defined by ethnicity or other human markers. And we praise you that there are those from every tribe, tongue, and nation in your family. We pray that by your word and spirit, you would embolden your church to faithfully proclaim the gospel of Christ and him crucified, that more may hear and believe the good news. Strengthen your people to stand on the word of God as our standard for faith and practice, as we witness to a lost and dying world. As we serve you in your world today, we ask that you would strengthen your people to seek you in prayer continually and grant us the desire to humbly come to your throne, knowing that you are our God and you guide us forever and ever. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, we're through verse 7 of chapter 5. We'll pick up with verse 8 on Monday. Thank you for listening to Dwell in the Word. You can find more information about First Reformed Church at our website, edgertonfrc.org. Dwell in the Word episodes are available each week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can also watch the video versions of these devotions at our Facebook page and YouTube channel. 